0: Hey, look, it's a Frank Preaching bonus episode. Wow. Yeah, it's a bonus episode. Before the next bonus episode, I'll think about that intro sticker just a little bit longer. Um, I led a Lent service this week. Clearly, I preached. So there's a bonus episode this week. I know you've been kind of inundated this week with lots of episodes, that's just me trying to get this podcast started. So, enjoy the bonus episode, if it's something you like, great. If it's not, ah, next week will be even darker. As always, hopefully God's word comes through my voice, and hopefully you feel something with my words, um, and it sparks something within you. With that, just listen. And may God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. A reading from John chapter 19, verses 16 through 18. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. The first week that I preached, my object was the whip. And a whip is an object designed purely for violence, purely for pain. And I thought about the cross, because my, my object this week is the nails and the cross, and I thought about this a lot. And I thought about how the cross is brutal, but what it's made up of is oddly normal, oddly common. I'm gonna pull out something out of my pocket, you see this? Does anyone know what you go to and ask for at the store when you want to buy one of these? Because I didn't. Well, but there's another name to it. I didn't, there's more to that name. It's not just a spike. It's called a common spike. And that struck me. It, a common spike. We have this common spike and we have this common spike. Wood, these things that are common, these things that are normal. My basement is full of wood, my work area full of nails and screws. This is common. And I thought about how different that kind of is than the rest of the objects. Because the whip, it's probably made of less less violent things, but at the end of the day, it's kind of indistinguishable. It's just violence. And then the crown of thorns, well, why did the roses evolve to have thorns so they wouldn't be picked? Or the bramble bushes or wherever they got the thorn, so they would survive. And the basin and the pitcher that was there specifically to wash Wash away something. The, and then the robe that we'll talk about next week, the purple robe, the royal robe, something special, maybe worn out. There's a million reasons why they might have had that purple robe, but it was something special at one time. And then we have this common wood and this common spike. When I went to the store to buy these, because I didn't have anything anywhere close to this big. When I went to the store to buy these, I could buy eight of them for 339 A little bit morbid, but I could buy two sets for crucifixion for 339 And this wood, obviously this piece of wood isn't big enough to crucify someone with, but a little bit bigger dimensions and it's part of what you could use. It's just something from my basement, something I hadn't found a use for yet. Just common, everyday things that were turned into what I would argue is the most brutal punishment, the most brutal execution that we as humans have ever devised. Now, two weeks, three weeks ago, I said, that the whip was the most violent object in the story, and I will stand by that. It is the most violent, but it's not the most brutal. It's not the most brutal, and the cross is brutal, one, for the pain that it causes, but also you nail the person up there, and then you just leave them there. There's no more to it. You nail them up there, and you leave them there. There's a separation. You commit that one sin, and then you separate it. Instead of being the whipping and the whipping and the whipping, you just nail it up there, and it's done. It doesn't stop being brutal for the man that's been hung up there. But you get to separate yourself From that death. You caused it, but it's not there. You started the process, but you didn't finish it. But what I think is even more brutal about the cross, every step that I went in this, it became more brutal to me. What I think is even more brutal is the fact that this was commonplace. This was normal. This was how the Romans did things. There's this piece of artwork, I don't even know the name, but you can see the man, and Jesus is up on the cross, and there's a man, and he's nailing the nail in, and on his lips he's whistling. This is just another job for him. Whistling a tune, passing the time away. He was just doing another job. Now, I don't necessarily think that that's the mentality that the executioners had. I hope not, but this was a very common thing. And then this this king of the Jews that they were executing, they executed him with two other men and to everyone else, it wasn't a big deal. It's just three executions that day. It was so common the most painful and torturous method of execution that we as humans have created and it had become common and that is so horrifying that brutality of that degree can be something you just accept as normal try as i might i couldn't rationalize that but that's where they were at That was the way that the Romans did things. And as I thought about that, I then went to the point that that brutality was necessary. We needed Jesus to be subjected to this brutality for our sins. We needed this. But as I wrote that down, as I wrote that little note to myself, I thought, this isn't some giant revelation that I'm revealing to you. That's something we hear every Sunday. We needed the cross. We needed this to receive salvation. We needed the sacrifice. We hear that every week. But I know that I am guilty of when I hear that, I think of the big, visible sins. I think of those things that look bad. I think of the lifestyle sins, and I think a lot of people do too. We think of the sins that revolve around sex, revolve around substances, revolve around other lifestyle choices. Those are the sins that we think about separate us from God. And those are the sins that people get angry when we normalize them. Those are the sins that you talk about seeing on TV. Those are the sins you talk about seeing at the mall. Those are the sins that make us mad. But those aren't the only sins that we've normalized. Those aren't the only sins that are common. There are sins that have become everyday practice There are sins that have become doctrines of churches. We have normalized a lot of sins. We have normalized and made judgment commonplace. We've taken this thing that only God is capable of doing and we've put it upon our shoulders and deputized ourselves, judge, juror, and in some radical cases, executioner. We have normalized judgment, and we have normalized the withholding of love. I'm going to tell a small confession. We were in Kansas City for Nora's brother's wedding, and the brother-in-law and I were walking uh, just downtown Kansas City, and this man came up to me. And he's like, do you have any money? And I didn't have a lot of cash and I needed the cash that I had, most of the cash that I had on me, but I was able to give him a little bit. And so I gave him a little bit. And then he asked me for more and I couldn't afford to give him more. He was very persistent about it. And so we got into the car and we were driving away and we saw this man and he was standing outside this very nice looking Japanese steakhouse contemplating going in. And we made, we made our jokes, and we laughed, and I felt silly. And then I felt guilty. The man may not have needed the help. The man may have just swindled me. But it is not my right to withhold love that I can give. The scripture does not say make yourself poor. But if you can give, it is not your right to withhold What do you say when you see someone homeless? Oh, I hope they don't use it on drugs or alcohol when you give them money. That's not our place. It is not our place to withhold love. And we have become so proud of who we are as Christians that we think we have the right to do these things. Not only have we normalized these sins, we've justified them we believe that we are absolutely right and it is our job to make everyone like us we have normalized the sins that nailed jesus to the cross they have become common common materials were used to build the cross and execute our savior and common sins were what made that necessary. And one of the things I thought about as I was thinking about these common sins is partially of what has made them so common and so prevalent is because it's this weird, misguided attempt to try to admonish. Because admonishment is a good thing. Admonishment helps us keep in track Admonishment corrects you, and then when you admonish, you correct someone else, and it brings us back to the path. But we admonish and we correct what we stop doing, the th- admonishing and correcting for the things that are actually scriptural, and instead admonish and correct for the things that make other people different. We have a good relationship with our Father, And so we believe that everyone's relationship with the Father needs to be the same as ours. We have a good relationship with Christ, and so we're convinced that everyone's relationship should look and feel and act the exact same way. We try to normalize. We try to believe that we are the epitome, and so we start doing these sins. And as I said, this is the accepted practice. There are many churches where their doctrine says, if they don't do it this way, they are wrong. And we must separate them out. Now that, that isn't the doctrine of any of the churches gathered here, but it can be the belief of some of those in those churches. This has become accepted practice for so many people And we need to stop accepting these sins. We need to stop acting like these sins that have become so commonplace and normal are nothing. Because these are the sins that Jesus talks about most. That's what kills me with these sins, is we've normalized them. They've become commonplace. They've become what everyone does. And these are the sins that Jesus harps on the most. Judgment, withholding love, being prideful. These are the sins that Jesus was most worried about. These are the sins that he called out the people that ended up killing him on. These are the sins that Jesus thought was awful important to talk about, and we have decided that they are normal. We are all broken people, and by committing these sins, we deny that we are broken. And yet we keep justifying doing them over and over and over again. Normalized common sins are what nailed Jesus to the cross. And the real matter of pushing the Pharisees to the point of execution, and in the theological matter of sins needing to be justified, and sins needing to be washed away, So we need to stop viewing these sins we've normalized as commonplace. We need to leave these sins behind. But just as importantly, the cross has already happened. Our savior has already been sacrificed. So we know that all of our sins are already forgiven. So leave these common sins behind, but know that you are forgiven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Bonuses are fun. I don't know if this is a fun sermon, but it's fun to have more material to put into this. So, again, just subscribe if you want to subscribe. I'm on Ontudes. I got approved. Um, there's an RSS feed. The website is jesusbeer.wordpress.com or Frank Preaching on SoundCloud. I don't know the address yet. Um, Twitter, jesusbeerblog. Uh, you can find me almost anywhere. I'm actually easier to find than I ever have been in my life. So if this is something you enjoy, please subscribe. Please listen. Please encourage your friends to listen because I need to know if this is something to keep doing. As always, God bless. Enjoy your day and enjoy the pretty music that I have with us. Um Yeah. God bless.